All right. How many of you have been hurt by the church? I got your attention now, right? Well, today I'm going to be talking about football, some nerd culture, and a little bit of testimony, uh, which involves some church hurt. So I hope that you will uh, listen. So some of you may have already started putting two and two together when I mentioned both nerd culture and football. Uh, There's a specific player I have in mind. Maybe you do too. How many of you know this name? First Swag Kazakage. Okay, so a couple weeks ago, uh, in their last game, the Detroit Lions, Jamal Williams introduced himself as First Swag Kazakage, leader of the Hidden Village of the Den. Any Naruto fans out there? Yeah, that's a, that's a throwback to Naruto. He, he is a huge anime fan, loves Pokemon, um, all these different things. And he's a running back for the Detroit, the Detroit Lions. And uh, in his last game, and he went off and had a great, a great game. And if you don't know anything about football, just go watch a couple TikToks about Jamal Williams. He is hilarious. Just a, a really fun, uh, easygoing guy. And a, just a break from the culture of football. Just completely different outside of the norm. Uh, even this year, he started trading like practice gloves for like Naruto headbands or Pokemon cards, and he uh, he wears like little satchels and dances before the pregame. And a lot of people, a lot of people are are like coaches for the Detroit Lions. Isn't that a distraction? Isn't that strange? Um, but this year, man, if you've watched Jamal Williams, he has just come alive, uh, smiling, happy, and enjoying the game. Uh, but that's not always been the case for him. Uh, especially in a sport that that really, really focuses on looking a certain way, acting a certain way, being a certain way. Um, Jamal is just way different. And uh, so he didn't start with the Detroit Lions. In fact, Jamal Williams played with Green Bay Packers for four years, and uh, that's kind of what his personality was considered was a distraction. Uh, And when it came time to renew his contract, they decided to go a different way. They went with uh, Aaron Jones instead. And so I started looking at his games in Green Bay, at his attitude in Green Bay, at his personality in Green Bay, and he was so diminished, so minimized. And you can go, it's not hard to look that up, go look on YouTube or, or TikTok, and you can see him just change this year and it has to do with Detroit it has to do with a culture in Detroit completely different mindset and I think it specifically um, for anybody who's watched football for quite a while has to do with Kelvin Shepard who used to be a linebacker himself but is now a coach on the Detroit Lions so a little bit about Kelvin Shepard Shepard was a former linebacker and now he's coaching Uh, but when he went into this role of coaching instead of playing he began having some of those questions in a field where it's typically very difficult for an African-American to jump into coaching. He thought he had to look a certain way, to be a certain way. Uh, He's had these long dreadlocks for, I don't know, 20 years. Part of his identity, part of who he was. And he was thinking about cutting him off just to fit in. And for me personally, I'm like, man, some of us can't grow hair. Why would you want to cut it? But he thought he had to be somebody. Luckily, when he got the job, the man who hired him said this. He said, thinking about cutting your hair? Are you crazy? First of all, I love your hair. 
But seriously, Shep, if I'm hiring you, if anybody's hiring you, they're hiring you because of you. You got those jobs because of who you are, not because of somebody you're trying to become. Think about that for a second. Because of who you are, not because of somebody you're trying to become. This kind of mentality, this culture permeates the Detroit organization from the top down, believing in individuals. Uh, this idea of always trying to be somebody else, we've all encountered that. We've all encountered that pressure, those expectations, whether that's church, school, life, family. Somebody wanting you to be somebody other than who you've been made to be. Now, the cool part of Shepard's story is now he gets to speak on behalf of Jamal Williams. And in an interview recently, when they asked about him, about how strange he is before pregame, about why he's trading stuff away, how he's representing, wearing headbands during interviews, this is what Calvin Shepard says. He says, Jamal Williams, some people are probably like, what is that on your head pregame? His Pokemon do-rags, his satchels, his dances. When he is able to do that versus when somebody says, hey, take that off your head. I don't want you dancing pregame. Well, you're not going to get the same Jamal Williams that pours his heart and soul into the game and in turn pours his heart and soul into your team and is one of your best leaders. If you take that away from Jamal, Jamal isn't a leader on this team anymore because then he can't express himself the way he wants to. Shepard goes on to explain that when we try to force someone into that box of what we want them to become, if we try to limit how they express themselves, then we're never going to let them reach their full potential. And I love that quote because this year has been one of Jamal Williams' best years in football. Uh, you might not know this, but in his last game of the season, two things happened. First, in the fourth quarter, he reached his 17th rushing touchdown of the season. Now, some of y'all are like, oh, that's not a lot, but you've been playing way too much Madden on easy mode. 17's a lot. In fact, he ended the season with the most rushing touchdowns in the league. The second thing is he broke a 30-year record held by the legendary uh, Hall of Famer Barry Sanders. It's been, a, it's been a, a record for 30 years, and he broke that this year. It has to do with his coach, with his support, with his environment. He's had one of his best years, and it's because they allowed him to be himself, to reach his full potential. I think it's, it's pretty incredible what can happen when you are allowed to be yourself and you have someone that believes in you. So a little bit about me. Uh, some of you might not know this, but before I came to LCU and, and worked as a resident director of Johnson Hall and apartments and things like that, uh, my wife and I were actually youth ministers together. And it was wonderful. I, I loved youth ministry. Um, I got my undergrad here in youth and family ministry, had great classes, continued my degrees and got a, a master's in biblical interpretation. I, I, I enjoyed what I did. I loved what I did. I believed in teaching teenagers how to think for themselves, how to study scripture, how to really learn their own faith rather than depending on me or a preacher or their parents. I focused on getting to know them as individuals, participating in things that they were doing, uh, in events, in sports, in uh, video games, card games, whatever, whatever their hobby was. Um, I built relationship, earned trust, and showed them what Jesus did. A lot of people in the ministry world would call that relational ministry. Unfortunately, the church that I was at, uh, they wanted something else. 
They wanted me to be something else. They wanted the lights. They wanted the show. They wanted the youth group to triple in size. They actually handed me a list of 50 demands that I had a month to do. You see, I had reached a point in ministry where I wasn't believed in anymore. They wanted me to be something else. And let me tell you, that was hard. Um, especially building the relationships with the teens and seeing them, them blossom and grow and, and own their own faith. Seeing actual ministry success and be told, you're not doing it right. That's hard. In a lot of ways, it was damaging. It was hurtful. Uh, There's a lot of distrust that came from that. Uh, distrust against the church. Distrust against Christians. And some of you probably have experienced something similar. In the last three years since I left that church, I want you to guess how many people have reached out to check on my wife and I. One. One family from that church has consistently checked on us. And that's church. That's people that you do life with, that you build community with. That's hurtful. And I know some of you are resonating with this message. But before I continue, I want to make a quick note. This is not some crusade against the church telling you that, that God and Christianity are bad. Uh, I very much believe in God and the way that he's working in my life. I also know that we live in a broken, fallen world, and people are broken. God is not bound by the church, bound by Christianity. God is big. He is massive, and he's big enough for us to understand him outside of those things. My point, my point is this. I went from an environment where I could no longer be myself to working here at LCU. And, and let me tell you. Uh, the leaders on this campus care about who you are. They care about your voice. They want to hear you. They want to know you. I have never felt more valued or seen in my life than working here. And that, that comes from having a great team. My RAs, they believe in me. They trust in me. They listen. Uh, my Res Life team. Uh, just proof of, of this concept of what I'm talking about. Uh, my boss, Sonny Park, texted me this morning out of the blue and just said, hey, you're going to do great today. She didn't have to do that. But she believes in me. She, she wants to encourage me. Having people believe and trust in you is just so important and valuable. And trust me, you can be whoever you want to be. I mean, just go look at my office. I mean, there are Legos on the shelves. There's Star Wars art on the wall. I, it doesn't matter. I'm a super nerd. I love Gundam Wing and Studio Ghibli movies. Like, it's, it's fine. Be who you want to be. Anyone out there that's struggling with identity or feeling like you don't belong or that you're supposed to look or act a certain way, we want you to be who you are, who God is making you to be in all its complex quirkiness and weirdness. Whatever label you want to attach to that, that's up to you. And I'm not asking you to become anything other than that. As a Christian who has been hurt by Christians, hear this. God is still good. And he still loves you. 
you will always, always have a place at God's table. Let me say that again. You will always have a place at God's table. If you're unsure about that, if you're doubting that or don't believe me, let's talk. Will you pray with me? Father God, in your massive complexity that we can never fully comprehend, you are so good. And sometimes there are hurts in life that send us in different directions, God. And I know that you are still working uh, together for the good of us. Um, Life hurts sometimes. Bad things happen. But your story is much bigger than that. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of that. I just want to pray over this room for any hurts, for any struggles. Um, God, that, that we wouldn't try to just exist on our own. That we would find people we can talk to. This world is big and there are good people. I know that you're at work. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed.